This is the iTest Podcast. Cobes, play the music. This is the iTest. You know we better than the rest. We keep it real. We never lie. from the grid, I am to diamond talking Mets, Jets, and Bets. It's the iTest. All righty. Welcome back to the iTest Podcast. I'm your host. Brian Donovan. Today is season one, episode 25, the NFL home stretch. As always, follow me on Twitter at Dono Podcast. Shoot me an email, Brian at itestpodcast.com. And if you've got some buddies that are interested in uh, a, a really, really fantastic podcast, then, then <laughs> tell them to listen to this. Um, all right. So, we are at week 14, and at this point, it's the last week of buys in the NFL. There are actually six teams that are on buy, but five of these six are, are pretty irrelevant. It's really just the Washington football commanders that are on buy that is, is meaningful for this week and for the rest of the season. So it's a good point here to take a step back and, and look at which teams are in it this year, which teams are fringe in it, and which teams are out. And, you know, in the first couple of weeks of the NFL season, weeks, you know, one through three, everyone's alive. Everyone's got hope. Everyone is thinking that their team could reach the playoffs. By the time weeks four through six come around, the NFL starts taking shape a little bit. You start learning a little bit more about these teams and what the season is going to look like. You hit the halfway mark. Then, you know, weeks nine through 12, 13 ish. Some teams maybe get hot, but you're starting to really see how the NFL is coming together. And then by the time you get here, where we are week 14 with five games left for most teams, this, this is, we, we know what the NFL looks like. And we can narrow it down to who's alive, who's maybe alive, and who's out. So I'm going to start with the AFC, then I'll go to the NFC, division by division, categorizing each team into five buckets. There's in the playoffs, fringe playoffs, too little, too late. Number four is out, but better next year. And lastly, number five, the last spot you want to be in is out and this can get ugly. So before I put together what I think my playoff predictions will look like, I'm going to look at the remaining schedules for these six total fringe playoff teams. And then I'll work through the playoffs and ultimately come to a conclusion where I think my preseason bet is still very much alive. So we'll start with the AFC East, as I always do. East, South, Northwest, that's how it always goes in my brain for whatever reason. And we'll start with the Buffalo Bills, who are 9-3. and three. Um, They are, of course, in the playoffs. There's no chance that they fall out and you know, uh, ultimately are on the outside looking in. They will likely win the division. Um, really, you know, we don't need to harp on them too much. Everyone knows how much of a legitimate Super Bowl contender they are. Second place, the Miami Dolphins at eight and four. I also have them as in the playoffs. Their schedule is somewhat favorable, but they're just too talented, too explosive, too well coached to think that the bottom is going to drop out on this team. And they're not going to get to the 10 win mark, which ultimately I think gets you there in the AFC. 
they would need they they really just need to win two of their final five, which they should be fine doing. They had a test last week going across the country to San Francisco, but they were also previously coming off of really four um, cake matchups between the Lions, Bears, Browns, and Texans. They were due for an ugly loss. They'll be just fine. Third place, the 7-5 and five New York J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. One of the bright spots, great stories of the NFL season. And, you know, luckily for me, I'm, I'm getting to enjoy it as a fan. They have played just exceptional defense. Top five or top six in every major statistical category. Um, they, they, they play very complete, well-communicated, fast defense. And then, of course, we know on the other side of the ball, the, the quarterback position has been um, a bit of a nightmare but I certainly wouldn't go that far as nightmarish standard when it comes to what Mike White has put on the table over the last two weeks, considering the, you know, nice matchup, easy matchup with the, the Bears at home and really pouring it on there. But then I, I thought he played his tail off against the Vikings. I, I came away really impressed. And, you know, I, I feel a little guilty saying this because I, I was not his biggest supporter. I'll be the first to admit it. And... I came away from the Vikings game more impressed than I was after the Bengals game in 2021 and more impressed than the Bears game in, in you know, a couple of weeks ago because this was the first time, you know, it, it wasn't, um, you know, not the, not the Bengals were a good matchup last year, but they, they definitely overlooked Mike White and the Jets. Understandably, they were like one and five or two and five at the time. The Bears softest defense in the league. And then you go up to Minnesota and he doesn't have it in the first half. And what he did to, to just battle his, his, his tail off, really, really grind through that entire game, um, was really pr- impressive and something that I think that the team has really rallied behind. So they're, of course, fringe playoffs. I'll get into them in some more detail going forward. And then lastly, we have the 6-6 six and six New England Patriots, the most boring fringe playoff team. And there are multiple boring fringe playoff teams in the NFL right now. They seem to do really nothing really too well besides beating bad quarterbacks in bad spots for that quarterback. Pretty sure I heard there is one quarterback that is still starting. Yeah, it's Jared Goff is the only starting quarterback that they have beat this year. They beat the Steelers with Mitch Trubisky. They beat the Lions with Jared Goff. That's the only starter they've beat. They beat Jacoby Brissett. They beat Zach Wilson twice. They beat Sam Ellinger. And I believe that's it. So they're you know, really incapable, in my opinion, of, of playing with the big boys. But at the same time, they're 6-6 six and six and have the tiebreaker over the Jets, which is gigantic. Moving on to the AFC South, the Tennessee Titans, 7-5, first place, leading the division as it seems like they have for every year now. Looking back, and you know, since, since uh, 2018, they... Uh, you know, the, the Texans and Colts were the two teams that got out and into the playoffs from the South. But ever since then, the Titans have been at the top of this division, although they were the wild card team in, in 2019 when they went to the AFC Championship. But ever since that run, they've just been dominant in this division. Um, clearly flawed, both sides of the ball. Their defense plays well, but they, they seem to flop in big spots against good offenses. Um, and, and the offense is extremely one-dimensional. It goes purely through Derrick Henry. But they are in the playoffs. There's no chance they're surrendering this lead of the division because the rest of it is incredibly mid. 
um, just just really uh, not not a threat. The Jaguars had every chance to get back into this and failed to do so. The Colts at four, eight, and one are a disaster. They don't have a head coach. They don't have a quarterback. They their O line, which was what they they road to, to many wins over the past couple of years um, is not what it used to be. Um, their, their defense is uh, just not as fierce as it used to be. And uh, you, you seemingly can, can pass all over them these days. Uh, they, they are out and this can get ugly because I do not know where they go from here. They have to start over. They have to fill out a, a lot of roster spots going forward. They could bottom out next year, like really bottom out. The Jaguars are four and eight in third place. Um, like I had mentioned, they had every chance to get back into this, failed to do so. They've been a frisky team all year, but at this point, through 12 games, they've lost twice as many games as they have won. They're out, but better next year. They have pieces in place. They've got people from their huge free agency spending um, this past offseason where, where they'll be fine next year. And and I still believe in Trevor Lawrence, and I'm sure many people do as well. But next year will be very telling. I think it'll get better. They're out, but better next year. And lastly, the Texans are one ten and one. Uh, you know they have nothing, but you know it, it, it can't get uglier than it is now. You know we don't need to spend too much time on them. You got to imagine they start winning games eventually. They were um, drafting third overall last year. They'll be drafting first overall this coming draft. You know they're probably going to pass the Colts next year in the division standing. So out, but it'll get better next year. The AFC North is led by the Ravens at 8-4 and four because they have the tiebreaker over the Bengals. They beat them on Sunday Night Football way back in like week five or something like that. The Baltimore Ravens, although without Lamar Jackson for a week or two, are in the playoffs. They have crucial tiebreakers over the Jets. They have the tiebreaker over the Patriots, tiebreaker over the Bengals, and a very soft schedule. They will be fine. They're too well coached besides being extremely flawed on offense. This is not the 2019 Ravens. This is not the 2020 Ravens. This is starting to look a lot more like the 2021 Ravens that were 8-3 and three and missed the playoffs. And it won't be as disastrous this year, although there are many parallels between the two seasons for them. They will still find a way to claw their way to 10 wins and get in. But the second-place Bengals, who are 8-4, and four, are on their tail. The Bengals are also in the playoffs. They hold the tiebreaker over the Dolphins, over the Jets, soon to be over the Patriots. So they'll, they'll, they'll be fine. Um, they, they are just um, playing really good football right now. They're beating up on lesser opponents, and they, they continue to prove that they can hang with the big boys. They, they beat the Chiefs. So they've got some big tests coming up. They've got a tough schedule, but they will be fine getting to 10 wins. Ultimately, this division is coming down to Week 18. The Ravens and Bengals play each other. Um, really, like... A lot of different things can happen, and that game will still determine who wins the division, and ultimately, I think the Bengals do. So they're in the playoffs. They're sitting pretty right now. I don't think they're a one-seed team like like some people do, but um, you know, I, I guess you can make that argument because they have the tiebreaker over the Chiefs, but I, I ultimately think uh, four losses at this point compared to the three losses of the Bills and Chiefs with their hard schedule coming up for the Bengals is, is not positioned well for them. Um, so they're in the playoffs. They'll, they'll likely win this division, in my opinion. We have the Browns at five and seven. They are the first team into this new category of too little, too late. They've turned it on, winning you know a couple games in a row, and uh, you know they they were against lesser opponents, teams that they should beat, 
like the Texans last week. And Deshaun Watson's play did not inspire hope by any means. They also surrender the tiebreaker to the Dolphins, to the Jets, to the Patriots, and to the Chargers. So not only would they have to catch these teams, they would have to surpass them, which means they can't afford another loss the rest of the year, and they're about to get steamrolled by the Bengals this upcoming week. It would take a lot for the Browns to sweep the Bengals. So too little, too late for the Browns. Um, you know, where they go from here, we'll, we'll have to see how Deshaun Watson plays these last couple of weeks, but he, he's just going to be tormented by fans, rightfully so. And I'm not sure there's any getting back from that because they have a target on their back perpetually throughout the entire Deshaun Watson extension. That image of him is not going away and that target on his back is not going away. It's going to be really interesting how these last few weeks pan out, but they won't make the playoffs. And then lastly is the Steelers. Also at five and seven, let's call them also too little too late, but they've never really had a chance. They also surrender tiebreakers to the Dolphins, the Jets, the Patriots. So there's no chance that they get back into this. They're also not a very good football team at all. Um, They're just always so well coached and they're going to be around the 500 mark, even when they're completely devoid of talent like they currently are. They're just so well coached. So too little too late for the two bottom teams in the AFC North, generally a strong division, much like the AFC East. And then lastly, we move to the AFC West, led by, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs, 9-3. and three. They are in the playoffs. They will win this division. They do surrender the tiebreaker to the Bills, which ultimately, I think, costs them home field advantage throughout the entire AFC playoff picture. We move on to the Los Angeles Chargers, one of the most interesting teams going into the final stretch. They are 6-6. Six and six. They are the definition of fringe playoff. They are currently the 8th seed in the AFC, so they're, they're one game out of the playoffs away from the Jets. We'll have to dig into their schedule more deeply because it is pretty favorable, but something really is not right with this team. They have no offense outside of Herbert and Eckler, and that includes O-line, tight ends, and receivers. They have two players. They also don't have any defense because Joey Bosa is out for the year, and Khalil Mack is looking like he's washed. J.C. Jackson is hurt. It's a horrible contract. You should never, ever pay free agents that come from New England and Derwin James is a baller. So they have three players on the team. And they are banking on those three players and bad coaching to get to the 10-win mark. Which, with their schedule, is possible. But going 4-1 and one for this team over any five-game stretch is not going to be easy. So we'll look at their schedule more in a bit. And then lastly, the Broncos. The definition of out, and this can get ugly. They are 3-9. and nine. They have no coach. They are tied to a quarterback for a long time who is completely washed. They have one player on the defense. Actually, that's not fair. They've had a strong defense. But they have no offense at all. The offense is completely broken. Unless they can hire a huge upgrade at at coaching and and offensive coordinating and offensive coaching in general, offensive staffing, it's going to take a mountain to fix this team. So we'll see if they improve down the stretch. But my gut tells me it's not only on the coaching. The quarterback is very much at fault as well. So let's pause for a minute. Recap the AFC. We currently have six teams I feel confident in the playoffs. Bills, Dolphins, Titans, Ravens, Bengals, Chiefs. Six teams. Leaving one spot for three fringe teams. The Jets the Chargers, the Patriots, who currently stand in the seating in that order. Jets the seven, 
Chargers the eight, Patriots the nine. The Jets, of course, surrender the tiebreaker to the Patriots. The Chargers and Jets tiebreaker will come down to AFC conference record. Currently, the Jets are five and four, and the Chargers are four and four. Let me verify that. Hang on. Chargers are four and four. Jets are five and four in the conference. I had it right. So the Jets have a leg up when it comes to that. However, two of their most favorable matchups are NFC opponents going forward, which comes into play. So we'll start with the Jets schedule. They are week 14 at Buffalo. The fact that this opened up at a nine and a half point line, I think is telling because I think Vegas knows at this point that the Jets are good. And it just shows that this is not the spot for them to pull off a sweep of the Bills. And I am cautioning every Jets fan listening to this now, the sky is not falling if and when they lose to the Bills this week in Buffalo, which is not an easy, easy task. Because I think the next four games are very winnable, specifically the next three. You come back at home against the Lions. The Lions are not a good road team. They should win that game. They will win that game. They play the Jaguars on Thursday Night Football. This game scares the heck out of me, but sometimes you got to just man up and be the better team. And I think they will. That gets them to nine and six. They then go to Seattle, who you'll learn in a little bit, I think is trending the wrong direction and, and soon to bottom out. And I think the Jets match up really well for that team, for a team that is soft on defense and relies on its quarterback picking apart corners. The Jets don't let that happen. I think they're a really good matchup for Seattle. Obviously, going to Seattle is hell, in the words of Connor Rogers, but um, I, 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 I think they get it done. And then at that point, they're 10-6, and six, and hopefully that game is meaningless at Miami. We'll give them an L because um, it's, it's tough to sweep a division opponent, especially a playoff team. So we'll say that the Jets end at 10-7. and seven. We then go to the Chargers. This week, they go... They host the Dolphins on Sunday Night Football. Big, big showdown. All the Herbert and Tua debates are in the, the, the brightest lights in front of the entire football nation to, to watch. And everyone's going to be on the Dolphins. And I have a weird feeling that the Chargers are going to win this game on Sunday night because everyone just hates them so much right now. And this is sort of their Super Bowls uh, to, to some extent. And it is for the Dolphins too, but they're the ones that has, have to travel across the country on Sunday Night Football. So I think the Chargers, uh, the Chargers get it done in an ugly game. We'll give them seven and six. They then have to host the Titans, who are a horrible matchup for them. They will be completely outcoached by Vrabel. The Titans are a professional, buttoned-up team that will be able to move the ball on their defense. I don't know how that, that Chargers defense can tackle Derrick Henry and I think the Titans defense can give the Chargers fits on offense because they're too one-dimensional and the Titans are too smart for that so I have that as a loss getting to seven and seven I like that matchup for the Titans they then go to Indianapolis pretty pretty cushy place to play in general Monday Night Football things can get weird on Monday Night Football but I think they get it done they'll be favored pretty heavily in that game they get to eight and seven they then play the Rams. They host the Rams on Sunday Night Football. I think the Rams got their big win out of the way. We'll give the Chargers that win as well. 
However, the Chargers go to Denver on week eight, at week 18, and that just has spoiler written all over it. It'll be a win and in game, considering I have the Jets losing to the Dolphins in week 18. At this point, the Chargers are nine and seven going into week eight, uh, week 18, and the, the Jets are 10 and six. So it'd be winning in if the Jets lose. They'll probably flex the Jets game to four o'clock because if they can't make it Sunday night football because the Jets, if the Chargers lose to the Broncos, the Jets can lose and the Dolphins have nothing to play for and neither team has anything to play for on Sunday night. So they wouldn't do that. But in this scenario, the Jets would either get in with a win or a Chargers loss. So they'd want them playing at the same time. The Jets-Dolphins game will get moved to 4 o'clock. Those games will kick off at the same time as 4 o'clock. And while we're all sweating over the Jets winning a game that could be an unfavorable matchup for them, I think the Chargers are going to completely flop out in Denver who will love to play spoiler for the Chargers. They would love that. And it feels like the type of win... That, you know, the, uh, some, some young guys come in for the Broncos and, you know, they, they play inspired and the Chargers play nervous and they play tight because they know that they absolutely can't lose that game. They have everything to lose in that game. And it's a really dangerous spot to play in a dangerous stadium. And I think it ultimately uh, results in Brandon Staley's firing. So I have the Chargers finishing at nine and eight. And then the Patriots schedule, generally pretty tough. I'm not scared about them getting to 10 and 6 and, and going 4 and 1 over the last five. They go to Arizona on Monday Night Football. Cardinals coming off a bye. I actually really like the Cardinals in that game. It could be one of those games where the Patriots win like 23 to 6, like they do to many teams that are dysfunctional on offense. But I think the Cardinals will function well enough and actually could beat up on them a little bit. I don't know how they, they uh, could stop them on offense if they do what they want to do with, with Hopkins and Hollywood Brown coming back. So I have that as a loss. They then go to the Raiders, who after we saw on uh, Thursday Night Football, by the way, I just skipped over the Raiders during the division standings. Don't know why I did that. I think I was just so, still so shocked about what happened on Thursday night. That was so ugly. They were too little too late. Now they're out. They're, they're not recovering from five and eight and a, a loss to the to the Rams. That 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 can't happen. You know, they, Baker Mayfield was in, in house for 48 hours. So they're they're out now. But anyway, back to the Patriots remaining schedule. They, I think the Patriots beat the Raiders. I think the Raiders are just toast. They're, they're going to completely bottom out. Might, might finish with, with five wins on the year. So the Patriots at this point lose to the Cardinals six and seven, beat the Raiders seven and seven. They then play the Bengals. I don't see them winning that game. That's seven and eight. They play the Dolphins at home, give them a win. They get to eight and eight. Then they go to Buffalo. Buffalo is going to be playing to clinch the one seed at home in front of a rocking Orchard Park. Week 18, you know, they're, they're not winning that game. So the Patriots finish at 8-9. and nine. I think if the Jets get to 10 wins, the, the Patriots really will not be an issue. That, that schedule is just too unfavorable, and they're not good. So that leaves me with an AFC playoff picture of the Bills as the one seed at 13-4. and four. The Chiefs as the two seed is at 13-4 and four as well, but the Bills have the tiebreaker. Bengals win the division. They get to 11-6. and six. Titans win the division at 9-8. and eight. They don't really have much to play for down the stretch, so maybe they lose a few ugly games, which doesn't really matter. The Dolphins, the five seed at 11 and six. They also have the tiebreaker over the Ravens. The Ravens at 10 and seven, who have the tiebreaker over the Jets. And the Jets at 10 and seven. The, Bron- uh, the, the Chargers at nine and eight are on the outside looking in. And the Patriots at eight and nine are on the outside looking in. Moving over to the NFC. 
We start with the East. The NFL leading Eagles at 11 and 1. They are well rounded, well coached. I, I, I doubt it's Sirianni. He's a great coach from what it looks like through two years or a, a year and change. And, um, you know, they, they just do everything well, both sides of the ball. They move the ball. They play stout defense. The one thing they, um, have to avoid sometimes every NFL team does this. This isn't even fair for me to put on the Eagles, but you know, we've seen them play to their competition a little bit. Um, we'll see what they do against the Giants this week, but either way, they'll be fine. They'll be the one seed. They have the tiebreaker over the Vikings, so they're fine. They're in the playoffs. Cowboys at nine and three, um, just too tall of an order to catch the Eagles at this point, two games behind, and they lost the first game to the Eagles. So that, that, you know, they'll be comfortably in the playoffs, but, um, you know, the, the division is lost. It's the Eagles division. The Giants, 7-4-1, and one, of course, a fringe playoff team. They are reeling right now after a 7-2 and two start. Last three games have been loss-loss draw. Um, and, and that draw at home to the Commanders uh, is not great. Really not great. Um, they, they, that, that was much better for the Commanders than it was the Giants. The team it really hurt was the Lions because they have the tiebreaker over both the Commanders and the Giants. And now that half game is, is going to come back to haunt them. Um, so the Giants, you know... We saw them win a lot of close games early. I still think they do some things well in the, on, on, on offense with, with Saquon and when Jones gets running. But if their defense can't stop a nosebleed, then, then they're in trouble. So they're 7-4-1. We'll come back to their schedule. Commanders 7-5-1. Pretty similar story. Um, winning, re- winning really ugly, uh, just, just grinding out wins with Heineke. Um, how sustainable it is. I doubt it every single week. My buddies know I basically bet against the commanders every week and that doesn't go well, but you know, good for them for, for winning all these games and staying hot and, and getting the tie in, in, in week um, 13 a, a against the giants. So that, that played pretty well for them. We'll, we'll see uh, what, what happens in this pivotal Sunday night game coming up in week 15. They'll be hosting the giants. So we move to the NFC South and of course we'll be going back to the commander schedule the rest of the way. NFC South, the bucks at six and six, man, this, this division's just it's hard to look at these standings compared to the AFC East and AFC East and NFC East, but the Bucks are six and six, flawed everywhere. Uh, but they're professional, at least you know they they've been there before. They know what it takes to win games. They've proven they can win games. The Falcons at five and eight, and the rest of the division is not going to catch them, so they're in. But looking like an early exit from the playoffs. The Falcons are out, but better next year at five and eight. Um, they're doing some things well, considering how how terrible this this roster there's really no other way to put it um you know they they don't really have anything and they remain competitive they won a bench, bunch of games early obviously really now they're flipping it over to desmond ritter be interesting to see what he has um from what i've heard they're they're not relying on him to be the starter next year so they'll be in the quarterback market next year but overall you got to be impressed with what arthur smith is doing i hope he keeps his job um two losing seasons out the gate is is tough for for a first-time head coach but i hope he keeps his job because i think he deserves one more year the panthers four and eight out but better next year as well i mean they're proving you know all things considered they've gone through three quarterbacks who are all backups at this point and they're almost undefeated in the division the only game they lost was that wild game in Atlanta when DJ Moore caught that 60-yard Hail Mary and then took his helmet off. So they had the extra point, kicked back an extra 15 yards, missed the extra point that would have given them the lead with no time left, and they left, lost in overtime. Other than that, they beat the Bucks, beat the Saints, beat the Falcons once. So, you know, they, they do a lot of things well. You got to credit what, you know, how they've, how they've stayed together and 
the fact that they're not one and twelve right now, I, I actually think is pretty impressive. So they're four and eight. Um, I, I think they've got some good things going for them. Get a good head coach in the door. Get a quarterback, and you know they, they've got some talent on both sides of the ball. So we'll see where it goes from here. But um, generally, I know it sounds funny, but I'm kind of impressed with the Panthers and the Saints are four and eight. This is another team that's the definition of out, and this can get ugly. I don't know where they get from here. They have one player on offense. That's Chris Olave. He's a rookie. They have no line. They have no running backs. Kamara's dust. Distracted with the lawsuits. They certainly don't have a quarterback. Their defense is a shell of what it used to be. They're, they're, they don't have a head coach. They're, they're lost. This can get really, really bad for the Saints and Colts. Moving on to the NFC North, the 10-2 and two Vikings. Although people will tell you they are fraudulent. I think when you're 10 and two, can't take anything away from them. They are in the playoffs. They have this um, division wrapped up. I actually think they can clinch this week with a win and a Lions loss. So they're, they're just cruising. Uh, the, uh, the, the Lions, five and seven. They are too little too late. Dug themselves in too big of a hole. That tie between the commanders and giants killed them. Absolutely killed them. And I don't think they, go, they, they really can't afford to lose another game. I already pointed out that I don't think they go to New York and beat the Jets. So they're, they're in trouble here. Um, man, back-to-back years where they just turned... I mean, yeah, last year was obviously completely lost, but they turned it on. And this year, you know, just dug themselves into too big of a hole. And you can't do that in the NFL. Asking a team to, to rattle off seven straight wins. Asking the Chiefs or the Bills to do that is too much to ask for. It's, it, you know, you just you can't do that. So Lions are, are done this year, but, you know, obviously they're, they're dangerous. And you could make the argument that they're the fifth best team in the NFC. And they'll be on the outside looking in, which is a bummer. The Packers, five and eight. Another team out, and this can get ugly. Where does Rodgers go from here? You know, is is Christian Watson going to keep catching five passes and score three touchdowns every game? Have any players on defense? Like, what do they do from here? Their coach was always a fraud. Everyone knew that. It was, it was felt like it was painfully obvious just watching him try to win games in the playoffs and failing in, in crucial moments. And now finally, whenever, when his, his quarterback doesn't carry the coach to, through MVP seasons to, to winning records and home playoff games, they just get exposed. So they're out and it can get really ugly next year. And the Bears, 3-10, and 10, um, this is kind of where they want to be where they're, they look promising and they are generally competitive and they traded assets midseason for draft capital and they have a quarterback that they like. Um, yeah, they're out, but better next year. They can be kind of dangerous next year, depending on what they do this offseason. Um, you know, they, they battled the Dolphins. You know, they, they somehow lost that game to the Lions, which they shouldn't have. You know, they, 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 they played the Cowboys tough for a bit. They, they've played some good games. Um, obviously, without fields, they got blown out by the Jets. But with their quarterback and, and the way we, we, know, we now know he's capable of playing, they can be dangerous next year. So they're out, but, but better next year. And then lastly, the NFC West. We have the 49ers at 8-4. and four. They are in the playoffs. They'll win this division despite the Jimmy Garoppolo injury. They're too well coached. It kind of feels like you could just insert any any quarterback into Bill Belichick or Kyle Shanahan's offense, and they will be fine. And ironically enough, those are the two places that Jimmy Garoppolo has played and proven that he could be fine in those two environments. And I think if you place Jimmy Garoppolo anywhere else in the NFL, uh, it, it, could, it would be pretty ugly. So I don't think this is going to be an issue with Brock Purdy. And, and people like him, and they have the tiebreaker over the Seahawks. Um, they're, they're not getting caught by them. They're just 
too too good on both sides of the ball. They're um, probably the best roster, top to bottom, omitting quarterback in the NFL, and they and they've been for for a couple of years now. The Seattle Seahawks seven and five fringe playoffs started hot, getting a little meh. And I think ultimately the league is going to catch up to Geno Smith. It's it's incredible what he's done, and he should win comeback player of the year. I think he has that in the bag. Um, but but I think the the clock is going to strike midnight on this Cinderella story. I'll get more into the uh, schedule there. The Cardinals four and eight, big time definition of out, and this can get ugly. New head coach next year, Cliff is out. They are stuck with Kyler for a long time, who I think the league is caught up to and can limit pretty well these days. Um, he doesn't run like he used to. He doesn't, you know, he's not picking apart offenses with his arm like he has at, at, at moments, specifically last year in 2020. You know, the, the, it's it looks like, um, you know, the, this fun, exciting young guy coming into the NFL uh, was, was short-lived. So they, you know, don't have a defense, weird offense. Um, they, they really should tear it down. And I, I think it starts with Cliff Kingsbury getting fired at the end of this year. And then lastly, the Rams, um, who I think are now four and ten after that miraculous win on Thursday night, um, out. And this could get ugly for the Rams. Um, you know, they, they're they're an expensive, old, aging team, and their coach, uh, you know, wasn't able to pull them out of, you know, when when they don't have an All Star team on the field. And, you know, I, I still certainly believe in McVeigh and, you know, it, it, it could get better next year if they have Stafford come back. But I have the feeling that Stafford's done and, uh, you know, the, the, this great Rams run of 2017 to 2021, I think it's time to, to start looking at a rebuild, which is going to take a long time for them because they don't even have first round picks. However, all of that was worth it because they won the Super Bowl last year. So good for them. So let's look at three schedules for the three three remaining schedules for the three fringe playoff teams, Giants, Seahawks, and Commanders. Currently in the standings, they they go in that order, I believe. Yep. Oh, sorry. It's Giants, Seahawks, Commanders. So I'll do it. Yeah, that's what I said. I'll go in that order. Sorry. All right. Uh, Giants remaining schedule. They are versus the Eagles this week. That will be a loss. The Eagles are the best team in the league. They, they can't compete with them. So that's 7-5-1. and one. They then go to the Commanders on Sunday Night Football. This is a coin flip game. Everyone's going to be on the Commanders. You know, I, I, I want to say I like the Giants, but I've said I like the Giants many times before in similar spots like this. And I, I get the feeling that there's going to be a, actually a pretty pretty tough environment in, in FedEx fields that night. Um, so I, I'm going to give that one to the Commanders reluctantly, but I'll, I'll give that to them. That, that brings them to 7-6-1. and one. They then go to the Vikings lose that game at 7-7-1, seven, seven, and one, unless the Vikings have nothing to play for, but I'm sure they'll still be trying to catch the Eagles at that point. So that's 7-7-1. Seven, seven, but they finished the season with two interesting matchups. They host the Colts. They should win that game. They're a much better team than the Colts. That gets them to 8-7-1. and one. And then they go to Philly, who I think by that point will have the one seed wrapped up and nothing to play for, and they win that game as well, which gets them to 9-7-1. and one. Keep that in mind, 9-7-1 and one for the Giants. The Seahawks' remaining schedule. They start with hosting the Panthers. Panthers coming off a bye, I actually think, are a very dangerous team in this spot. But the Seahawks are, are you know, over a field goal favored. Let's say they, they hold on to this game and win it similarly to how they beat the Rams last week at home, which was ugly. 
then they host the 49ers. They're not winning that game. That game's going to have division implications. Shanahan is not losing that game. That gets them to eight and six. They then go to the Chiefs, not winning that game. Chiefs are going to be playing for the one seed, eight and seven. They then host the Jets. I talked about this game already. That's not a good spot for the Seahawks. The Jets are a perfect matchup for the Seahawks, eight and eight. They then host the Rams on the Sunday of week 18. And this is a similar spot to what I think the Broncos are going to give the Chargers. I feel better about the Chargers doing this, but I can see this happening to the Seahawks who will be coming off of three straight losses at this point, playing for their playoff lives and losing at home week 18 to the Rams who are going to start playing a little bit more inspired football going forward. Feels like they would love to play spoiler. These teams have been butting heads for a few years ever since they, you know, the, the Walford Rams beat them in the playoffs and they're just a division ri- rival in general. There's some animosity between these two teams. I, I, I like the Rams to have the Seahawks just completely bottom out, finish the year losing four street, straight and finishing at eight and nine. So we have the Giants in at nine, seven and one and the Seahawks at eight and nine. And that leaves the Commanders. Week 14, they have a bye, seven, five, and one. Week 15, they host the Giants. I already gave them that win. That's eight, five, and one. They then go to San Francisco. That's a loss. Eight, six, and one. They host the Browns. This can go either way. Let's just say it's a loss. Eight, seven, and one. So that means they'll be playing the Cowboys week six, week 18. And then similarly to the Jets and Dolphins and, and Chargers and Broncos, they'll have to flex this game to four o'clock because the commanders will either get in with a loss to the Rams, with a Seahawks loss to the Rams or beating the Cowboys. But let's say that the commanders beat the Cowboys at home who are playing for nothing. Get the win. They finish nine and seven and one. Giants are in nine seven and one. Commanders in nine seven and one. That makes our playoff schedule. Eagles the one seed fourteen and three. I have them finishing. Vikings the two seed twelve and five. Forty ers the three seed ten and seven. Bucks the four seed nine and eight. Five the Cowboys eleven and six. Six the Giant. Uh, sorry, six the Commanders nine seven and one. Seven the Giants nine seven and one. So. In this scenario, all four teams from the NFCs get in. I think it's very realistic with how much I don't believe in the Seahawks. So let's go to the wild card round. Two seed in the AFC. Chiefs hosting the Jets. Close game, 27-20. Chiefs win that one. Bengals, three seed hosting the Ravens. That's a fun one. I actually think the Bengals would take it to them in this spot. 30-17 to final. Four seeded Dolphins. Uh, for, sorry, four seeded Titans with their annual... Uh, loss at home in the playoffs to the Dolphins. Dolphins 27, Titans 17. In the NFC, we got the Vikings hosting the Giants. Close game, 26-23, but the Vikings squeak it out, as they always do. Three-seeded 49ers hosting the Commanders. That one gets ugly. That's like a 40-20 to game. And the Bucks hosting the Cowboys. The Cowboys squeak it out, 20-16, a little bit of revenge from week one of the, end of, uh, the, of the season on Sunday Night Football when they got blown out. Um, against the Bucks, So both five seeds I have winning, the Cowboys and Dolphins. One seed, Bills hosting the Dolphins. Good game, high-scoring affair, 34-30 Dolph- uh, Bills over the Dolphins. Chiefs hosting the Bengals. Chiefs 24, Bengals 20. The Chiefs finally break through and beat the Bengals. 
one-seeded Eagles hosting the Cowboys. I actually have the Cowboys winning this game. Um, that's a really interesting matchup. That's going to be a fun game if they meet in the playoffs. And the Vikings hosting the 49ers. Vikings squeak it out over Brock Purdy, 20-17, to 17, as they always do. Championship games, I have the Bills beating the Chiefs, 31-23. And then lastly, the Vikings hosting the Cowboys. The Vikings get out of there alive, 26-22 final. Super Bowl, I still have the Bills, 40, and the Vikings, 17. Bills as the Super Bowl champions over the Vikings, and we would all be rich in that scenario. So, that'll about do it. My playoff picture before the season is pretty shot, but the Super Bowl picks are alive. These schedules are really interesting, and this is going to be nail-biting affairs coming down to the wire. But in general, I still like the New York football squads locking home the seven seven seeds of each of their conferences. I think the West Coast teams are a little fraudulent between the Seahawks and Chargers, and I think the Commanders get in by default, and the Patriots are uh, just, just there's, there's no chance for that team. So if you like what you're hearing, subscribe, rate, review. We'd love to hear your feedback. We'd love to hear if you agree or disagree with any of these takes. Hopefully you agree because I would do anything for the Jets to get in and enjoy the rest of the World Cup and baseball free agency and this best time of the year for the NFL season, the, the playoff stretch. Thanks for listening, everyone. This is the Play a little Monday morning QB. Who we picking for tonight? You'll just have to wait and see. We got the covers over unders and the fumblers and runners. All you need is right here. The eye test is where the fist is. The eye test. You know we better than the rest. We keep it real. We never lying from the gridiron to diamond talking Mets, Jets, and bets. It's the eye test. This is the eye test. You know we better than the rest. We keep it real. We never lying from the gridiron to diamond talking Mets, Jets, and bets. It's the eye test.